We're going to review the story of Christmas and we're going to listen for what God wants to say to us when we look at the people like Mary and Joseph and the wise men and the shepherds, okay? What God wants to speak to us today, all right? Y'all ready? You ready to receive the word of God today? Well, Father, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you, Lord, that we can apply your birth over 2,000 years ago to today. And, Lord, we just ask, Father, that we receive whatever it is that you want us to hear from these stories today. God, I pray that we have ears to hear, eyes to see. God, that our hearts are open to receive. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So have you ever said yes to a question that was being asked of you? Have you ever said yes to a question that was being asked of you and you weren't really sure what was on the other side of that yes? When my wife asked me to marry her, I had no idea what was on the other side of me saying yes to that perfect woman. She didn't answer. But have you ever answered yes to a question and you just really don't know what's on the other side of that yes? You're just doing it, right? Our lives will be defined and our future will be formed by the things we say yes to. You know that? Your lives will be defined and your future will be formed by the things you say yes to. Amen? And see, the story of Christmas really began with the answer yes to the question. The greatest question that has ever been asked in the history of mankind. And this question was being asked to a teenage girl. And it would be really easy for us to, in this Christmas season, to just take Mary and, and, and reduce her to a little figurine in our nativity scene. Right? It would be real easy to do that, but that's not who Mary was. Mary was a real person. She had real parents. She had a real family. She had a real reputation. She had a real fiancé. Amen? That was counting on her to be faithful to him until the day they got married. She was real. And I want you to imagine yourself in that place of a surprised 15-year-old little girl as I read this passage. So I want you to open your Bible with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We'll start in verse 26. Verse 26 and following. It says, Now in the sixth month of the angel, or now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel had said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. Amen, 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 right? And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Yahweh saved, God saves, Jesus. You will call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will never be any end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man, since I'm a virgin? How can this be since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, what? 
nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Now the question was this. The question was this. Mary, would you be willing to carry the hope of the world into a world that so desperately needs it? Amen. That was the question. Mary, would you be willing to carry the hope of the world into a world that desperately needs him? And see, Mary did not know what was waiting on the other side of that yes. Amen. She didn't know that her relationship with Joseph would be threatened. She knew that her reputation was at stake. She knew this. But she said this in Luke 138. Look at this. But the maidservant of the Lord, behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. She said, I am the Lord's servant. And my answer is yes. She said, I am the Lord's servant. And my answer is yes. Amen. And with that, yes, history was changed. Amen. Amen. I got one little amen out of that. And with that, yes, history was changed and destinies to this day are being changed. Amen. Because she said, yes, destinies to this day are being changed. And what I want you to hear is that the story of the first Christmas was all about a yes. It began with a yes. But can I tell you that Christmas in 2022, I know it's not 22 anymore, I get it. We ain't living in the past, Jamie. Still requires a yes. It still requires a yes. The angel Gabriel said to her, Mary, you are blessed and highly favored of God. And church, what I want you to hear is that you will be blessed and highly favored when you say yes to carry the hope of Jesus Christ into this world. Do you know that? How blessed you will be when you say yes to carry the hope of Jesus Christ into this world. Amen. Great place for you to shout right there. When you allow his presence to overshadow you, when you allow his presence to overshadow you, when you carry his hope, when you carry his peace, his joy into every situation, and when you carry his, his, his presence, when you carry his light into a lost and dying world, you know we live in a lost and dying world right now. Amen. And you are changing the world by carrying the hope of Jesus into it. Amen. And I want to say to you this morning that what you carry will change you. Amen. What you carry will change you. When Mary carried Jesus within her, it began to change her. Amen. It began to change her. It, be, it became obvious to everyone. I mean, as she's changing, as she's growing, as she's getting bigger, that she was carrying something. That she, it, that she, she grew month after month, and it was completely obvious that she was carrying something. Amen? All the pregnant ladies said yes. She became a larger person. Right? And, and it was obvious that she was changing. And what I'm saying to you is when you carry Jesus within you, it's going to change what you look like. Amen? It's going to change... What you look at, it's going to change what you say. It's going to change what you listen to. It's going to change wherever you go. It's going to change everything about you, guys. Listen, it's going to change the words that you say. When you carry Jesus within you, it changes everything. Because you're going to wonder, are these the words that I want to hear? Are these the words that I want to say? Are these the words that are worthy of the one that I'm carrying? 
If Jesus was with you, would you be going where you're going? Would you be doing what you're doing? Would you be saying what you're saying? He is with you. Amen. Amen. Like, I thought this was going to be a Christmas message. When you carry Christ, it's going to make you the bigger person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a great place to say amen. And give him a shout of praise for me, please. When you carry Christ, it's going to make you the bigger person. I just did that. Guys, come on. When people say words about you to hurt you, when people do things to you, they're not going to stick on you because you're going to be able to look beyond what they're saying. You're going to be able to look at people the way Jesus looks at people because what you're carrying is going to change you. Amen? What you're carrying changes the way you look at people, the way you respond to people. You're going to see people the way Jesus sees them. Then you're going to begin to understand that when you carry Jesus within you, it also changes the voices that you listen to. Amen? When you carry Jesus within you, it also changes the voices that you listen to. It says that after the angel left, that Mary hurried away. She had to get out of Nazareth where there would be people questioning her, people attacking her, people accusing her, people... She, she had to get out of Nazareth. She had to get to a place where her faith was going to be stirred up. She came to Restoration Church. Amen. She had to get to a place where there was somebody else that was believing for a miracle. And it says that she made the journey from Nazareth to Judea. And there is not one written word that Mary spoke for that whole journey. As she was leaving Nazareth to go to Judea, she never spoke a word. There's not one recorded word of anything that she spoke. But can I tell you something? She walked in silence, but I guarantee you the voice of fear was in her head. Amen? She's walking in silence and nothing's happening. And she's probably like, what's Joseph going to say? What's everybody going to think when I, when I break the news to them? What's it, what are they going to say when I, hey, I'm pregnant, but God's the father. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever, Mary. Right? She's, she, the voice of fear is in her head. What are people going to say when I make the big announcement? No one's going to believe it. See, Mary didn't know what to do, but she knew where to go. She didn't know what to do, but she knew exactly where to go. And she went to the home of her cousin Elizabeth. And it says this in verse 40, Luke 1:40. It says, And Mary entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for you. Blessed is she who believed, for that will be a fulfillment of these things which were told her from the Lord. Whatever Mary's fears were, whatever it was that she was walking with, listen guys, whatever it was, those fears were silenced by Elizabeth's faith-filled words. Amen? She showed up scared to death. What are people going to think? What are people going to say? What are they going to do? And they were silenced by, by, by Elizabeth's faith-filled words that she spoke over her. Amen? See, Mary went from sadness and silence, and she began to sing a song. The next several verses 
or the song that Mary sang, read it. The next several verses are a song that Mary sang over the child that was within her. She began to sing about this Jesus that would bring hope into a lost and dying world and then turn the world upside down. Amen? Elizabeth's faith-filled words gave Mary a reason to sing. And we all need people in our lives that are going to speak those words of faith over us. Amen? We all need people in our lives that are going to speak those words of faith over us. Amen? I hear you, baby. I love you. She's like, Grandpa! Listen, we need people in our lives that are going to speak those faith-filled words over us and silence the fear. Amen? Amen? The fear that is trying to keep us from the future that God has for us. And I want you to know, church, that this is the place where those words are going to be spoken over you. Amen? This is the place that those words are going to be spoken over your life. Amen? And I want to speak words of faith over your life today because I know for some of you, you're facing your darkest situations. I know for some of you, you're going through hell. And I want to be the one, this church wants to be the one that can speak those faithful words over you. What I want to speak over you is Isaiah 9-6. Look at this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And some of you are facing circumstances that you don't even know how you're going to get out of. But I want you to know when you carry the Wonderful Counselor, when you carry that mighty God with you into those circumstances and into those situations, I promise you, he is going to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ever hope or imagine. Some of you single moms, you're out here worrying, you're, you're entering into this season and your heart is broken because your, your child doesn't have a dad to celebrate the season with. And I want to tell you, when you carry the everlasting father with you, he's a good, good father. Amen. He's a good, good father, and, and, and he has good things for his children. And some of you are walking through some storms, and the Prince of Peace wants to speak peace into your storm. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and did not want to humiliate her, did not want to, to make her a public example, decided that he would divorce her or put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son. And you, Joseph... You, Joseph, shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And this is the verse we're going to focus on this morning. Verse 24, look at this. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. And did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now there's a lot of things in that scripture. There's a lot of things in that text 
that we can talk about. There's a lot, of, a lot of stuff that we could talk about, but I want you to notice a few things from that last verse. It says this. It says, as Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him to. Okay? Joseph, in this passage of Scripture, is immediately obedient to what God asked him to do. Immediately obedient to what God asked him to do. At least in this text, he doesn't argue. He doesn't question it. He doesn't say, well, maybe, I don't know, um, right? He don't argue it. He don't question it. He doesn't complain. He just immediately obeys God. He just obeys God. And, and, and I want to tell you just today for you to know that that was all God is looking for from you. Amen? Is for you to just obey God. That's all he wants from you. In this passage of Scripture, we learn later on that the wise men bring gifts and all this stuff, but Joseph's offering is just obedience. Amen? It's just obedience. That's all he does. It's just obedience. And that's all that God is looking for from you today. He just wants your obedience. Amen? He just wants your obedience. Obedience is far better than what? Amen? Why? Because it reveals your hearts. Amen? He just wants you obedient because it, because it reveals what's in your heart. Because that means if you obey God, then he has your heart. That's what that means. It's so important, guys. Interestingly, listen, Joseph does not say a word in Scripture. There is not a single word that is recorded of Joseph. He has no recorded words in the Bible. Did you know that? Joseph has no recorded words at all in the Bible. He doesn't get a speech. He doesn't get a song. All we get from Joseph is action. Amen? All we get from Joseph is action. And that reminds me that the actions of my heart speak way louder than the words of my mouth. Amen? The actions of my heart speak way louder than the words of my mouth. Because at great cost to himself, Joseph obeys the Lord. It was at great cost to himself. At great cost to himself, he takes Mary as his wife, despite the criticism that he is sure to face. Amen? He takes Mary as his wife, despite all the criticism, despite all the ridicule, despite all the, the stuff that is happening that he knows is going to happen, that's going to, that's going to come to him, despite the shame, the ridicule that they will endure. He takes Mary as his wife. Why? Because Joseph knows this. Listen to me today. That personal obedience is more important than public opinion. He knows, he knows that personal obedience is more important than public opinion. And I, I just want to remind you today that if you have a word from God today, if you have a word from God that, that he's spoken over you and God is telling you to move, Despite what anybody else says, despite what the public is going to say, despite what people are telling you, if God is giving you a word to move, move. Because personal obedience is far more important than public opinion. Amen. If God is telling you to move, move. If God is telling you to stay, if God is telling you to do something, do it. Because personal obedience is far more important than public opinion. The Bible says that, 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 that Joseph did not know Mary in a way that husband and wife know each other. If you know what I mean, this is a kid-friendly service. And that's all I'm going to say about that. 
it says that Joseph did not know Mary in the way that married couples know each other until after Jesus was born. Until after Jesus was born. Now, it's a really interesting detail in this text because that's not something that the angel asked Joseph to do. The angel didn't say, do this, do this, do this, and plus don't know Mary until... That wasn't a command from the angel. The angel did not tell Joseph to do that. That wasn't part of his instructions that he received from the Lord. That was something that Joseph took upon himself. Amen? It was something that he decided to do. And I think it's because Joseph wanted to make sure that God got all the credit. Amen? He wanted to make sure that God got all the credit. So couldn't none of these naysayers be walking around and be like, yeah, but you know Mary and Joe was kind of, you know, this is not from God. He wanted to make sure that God got all the credit. Amen. He wanted everyone to know that it was a complete move of God. Can I just tell you today that God wants to move in your life in such a way that only he can get the credit? God wants to move in your life in such a way that he is the only one that can get the glory you might be facing a trial of some kind. I don't know. You might be facing a, a situation or a circumstance. You might be tempted in some way to do something. You might be tempted. You might be trying to fix something. You might be trying to do something. You're going through something. I don't know, but can I tell you? You can take the posture of Joseph and just go, look, God, I'm going to obey you no matter what. I'm going to do whatever it is you tell me to do no matter what so you can get all the glory, so you can get all the credit. Amen. I don't know, but listen, it was a powerful move of God. I don't want anybody to think that any of this is from our own doing. It's a powerful move of God. So maybe, maybe you just need to wait if that's what God's telling you to do. If you want to see the miraculous move of God in your life, whatever he's telling you to do. Amen? Look at this. The last six words of this text are unbelievably important. I don't want you to miss this. I want you to catch this. It's unbelievably important. They're so significant. So significant. Look at Matthew 125. The last six words of this text read. And he called his name Jesus. And he called his name Jesus. The last six words of this text. Now the gospel writers are really intentional to let you know that Jesus was born from the line of David, to let you know that, that Joseph was from the line of David. He called his name Jesus. It's so important. Why? Because when he does, at that moment, when he's naming the child, he was commanded by the Lord. The angel said, and you will call him Jesus. And at that moment, when he's naming the child, he's taking him on as his own kid. In those days, when he named that child, and he said, this will be yours. He is claiming him, and he becomes the legal father, and his whole lineage is transferred to Jesus. Amen? His entire lineage. The gospel writers are very intentional to let you know that Joseph is from the lineage of David, and it was prophesied that Jesus would come from the house of David. Amen? So by him being obedient, and he says, your name is Jesus, he is taking his entire lineage and passing it on to him. So when he claims him as his own, it's so significant because without that final act of obedience, listen to me, when he says, you will call his name Jesus, 
if Joseph would, would, would have not taken that final act of obedience, maybe all the prophecies wouldn't have been fulfilled. If Joseph would not have taken that final act of obedience in the Christmas story, none of these prophecies would have ever been fulfilled. Amen? Maybe he's not the Messiah if Joseph doesn't claim him as his own. This matters because you and I have to claim Jesus as our own. Amen? This matters because we have to claim Jesus Christ as our own. If we want to be part of the story of Christmas, we have to claim Christ as our own. He can't be your Savior and save me. He's my Savior. Amen. We have to claim Christ as our own. So what about you? Can I ask you this question? Because without that final act of obedience, Joseph is nothing but a footnote in this story at best. I want to talk to you this morning about how the wise men reveal the ways of God. I want to talk to you about how they reveal the kingdom of God. See, there's something specific that happens on that night in which Jesus is born. And it's not the word just becoming flesh and dwelling among us. It's the word becoming flesh, dwelling among us, and bringing a new kingdom. Amen? It's the word becoming flesh, dwelling among us, and bringing a new kingdom. He's bringing a new way for us to live. Hope is born. And on this time, see, we see all of these events taking place and in Matthew's gospel, it records the visitation of these wise men, the scriptures calls them. These wise men. So who are they? And why are they included in this story? Why were they even included in it? I think they're included in the story to reveal something about the nature and the character of God's kingdom. These men were wise. They were educated. They were learned men. They were dressed in complete opposite fashion of of the, the shepherds who were, you know, barely, barely clothed, stinky, you know, smelly shepherds. The wise men, without a doubt, had, a, had to have a wardrobe accompany them on their travels to get to Jesus. And the other thing about these wise men is when, when they get to Jesus, they're not, they're not like him in any way. See, these men were not Jews. Jesus was a Jew. Mary was a Jew. Joseph was a Jew. The shepherds were Jews, but these men, they were Gentiles. They, they were Gentiles. They were worshipers of the stars. They were scientists. They were mathematicians. They were foretellers. They were outsiders. They were foreigners afar off. They were foreigners. That's who these men were, and they were studying the skies and the stars, and they're, they're into all this, and they were, they were expecting of a sign. And I love this about the way of God. See, they were expectant of a sign. And I love the way that God will provide to them not an angelic visitation, not a messenger, but God will provide a star. I'm going to tell you, something that they would have seen. Something that they would have seen because these men were studying the stars. Amen? And all of a sudden, this star rose that was completely different than all the other ones. Mm, that's something. It's completely different. God provided them a sign. Can I tell you something? He spoke to them right where they were. Amen. Had he sent a different kind of message, they would have missed it. 
He spoke to them right where they are. What these wise men reveal about the kingdom of God is that God meets us where we are and he speaks to us in ways that we will understand. He speaks to us in ways that we'll catch it. If I'm not studying the stars and he sends a star, I'm probably going to miss it. Amen? God speaks to us right where we are and he speaks to us in ways that we're going to catch it, in ways that we're going to understand it, in ways that we will listen. See, but a sign wasn't enough for these wise men. Check this out. The, the sign wasn't enough. They had to get there. They seen the sign and it wasn't enough for them. They said, we got to load up. We got to go. They had to get there. In Matthew chapter 2, it tells us that these wise men had made their way to Jesus. They were 900 plus miles away. 900 plus miles away when the star rose. And they began to make their journey toward the place where the star had risen. So just seeing the sign wasn't enough. They had to get to Jesus. They had to meet this newborn king of the Jews. Amen. And this journey was going to take quite some time. See, Scripture does not, in fact, listen to me. Scripture does not mention three men. It doesn't. Scripture doesn't mention three men. It mentions three gifts. Amen? You follow me? In fact, it only mentions three gifts. So we'll talk about those in just a minute. But, but what I'm telling you right here is more than likely, this could have been a caravan of men. If you're traveling 900 miles, it's probably a caravan of men. Amen? Follow me. Because it, it don't mention three men. Going on this journey of 900 miles with all these expensive gifts that they had, they probably had to have more than likely bodyguards with them or, or escorts with them. And they had to have people that could protect them. And, and more than likely, they had company with them on this journey. Amen? They weren't going to miss an opportunity to worship Jesus and to be a part of this new movement. We're going to miss it. 900 miles. I can't even drive 900 miles in my truck. Amen? They wasn't going to miss, this, miss being a part of this movement. See, what the wise man tells us about the kingdom of God is this, that it's never too late to experience his presence, that you've got to persevere, that you've got to get up, that you've got to walk. Sometimes you've got to move. Sometimes you've got to journey to experience the presence of God. Amen? That's what they're saying. They had to persevere. They had to make their way to him. How many of you have been in the thick of it? How many of you been struggling, thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get out of it? You better find Jesus. You better make your way to Jesus. Amen? And what this means to us today is you, you may feel like you've missed your moment. You may feel like you missed your moment, that you've maybe missed your opportunity, that you've missed your sign. Well, let me be a sign for you today. Amen? Come on, somebody. Y'all better wake up this morning. Let me be a sign for you today. That all are welcome in the story of Jesus and it is never too late to enter his presence and worship him. Amen. I don't care where you're at. I don't care how far off you are. It is never too late to enter into his presence and worship Jesus. And this is what the wise men tell us about the kingdom of God. Look at this in Matthew 2, verse 11. It says, when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We see that these wise men worshipped, and their worship was twofold. They had enough money, guys. Listen, they could have had gifts sent to Jesus. They could have Amazon Prime them two days, anonymous gift. That wasn't going to be enough for them. 
That wasn't going to be enough for them. They wanted to be present. And I'm going to tell you, in order to keep Christ in Christmas and not enter, enter into a Christless Christmas, we've got to be present where he is. Amen? We have to be present where, where Jesus is. And we've got to be present where he's moving. Welcome to Restoration Church. We love you. Come on. The wise men, listen, they make this journey. And then they get there and then they worship Jesus. Amen? They make this journey because it wasn't just good enough to have a sign. It wasn't good enough to just send gifts. They had to be there in his presence to worship him. Think about these men. They were dignified. They were completely different in the story. And scripture tells down that they bow down, dignified, educated, learned men. And they worship Jesus. They worship him. They get on their knees in the presence of a king, and they, they give gifts to him in an act of worship. Can I tell you, worship is not about what we say. Worship is about what we do. Amen. Worship is not about what we say. Don't talk me to death. Coming from somebody who gets paid to talk. Worship is about what we do. It's not about what we say. And they bring these gifts of significant value, but it was also of symbolic virtue. Amen? They bring these gifts of significant value, but it was also of symbolic virtue. They bring gold. Recognizing that Jesus was born a king. He was not going to become a king. He was already born a king. Amen? So they bring him gold at his birth because he was already born a king. He wasn't going to become one. They present with him, they present to him frankincense. This incense that was costly and used in the temple by the high priest that, that they, would, they would burn on the altar of sacrifice or altar of incense and, and, and they would offer it up as, as sacrifices to God. And what the wise man was telling us is that Jesus Christ is ultimately our one and only high priest. Amen? That he is mediating between humanity and God. He's mediating between humanity and God. Listen, and then they bring myrrh, this costly spice. It was a costly spice that was used at the time of burial for embalming the body. It was a prophetic gift, amen, that these wise men would bring to Jesus. And it's not the greatness of their gifts. that It, it, it was the greatness of the gifts that they presented and how they presented them to Jesus. Amen? Because worship is about what we do, how we do it. It's not the greatness of the gifts. It's the greatness of God that they present these gifts to Jesus Christ. Amen. See, the wise men, they brought something of value. But Jesus, he brought everything of value. Amen. The wise men brought something of value. But Jesus, he brought everything of value. Himself. Emmanuel. God with us. Everything of value. So what the wise men teach us about the kingdom of God and the way of God and how we need to enter into his presence this Christmas season as it is way more blessed to give than it is to receive. Amen? And I want to look at the shepherds for our last part of this. We're wrapping it up. I think I made it. I think I made our time limit. I want to talk about the shepherds because they were the first ones to ever even hear that Christmas was happening. Did you know that? The shepherds were the first ones to ever even hear that Christmas was happening. Let me read this passage, Luke chapter 2. 
Starting in verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Have you ever thought about it? Every time angels show up in the Bible, people are always freaking out. You ever thought about that? Like for real. The first words out of the angel's mouth are do not be afraid. Fear not. You ever catch that? Every time an angel ah, it says do not be afraid. Fear not. Why? Why? Because we think they're these cute little cherubs that sit on clouds playing harps. They're not. You think they're like angels in the outfield. Anybody ever seen that movie where I'm out dating myself here? Angels in the outfield. Or, like when I was growing up, I was like Charlie Angels. And Farrah They're like, these guys were mighty warriors. These guys were mighty warriors. They're not some little cherub playing a harp on a cloud. They're not little fat guys that are set up there. Listen, these are tough Guys, these are mighty warriors that are fighting battles in spiritual realms. That are, and, and you see them, they're, I'd be freaking out. Don't be afraid, Jamie. Amen? That's what they're doing. They're, they're mighty warriors. So these angels show up. They show up to the least likely group of people anywhere near Bethlehem. You know that? They show up to the least likely group of people anywhere near Bethlehem. These were a bunch of low-class, outcast, out, out uneducated. Basically, when it says they were living out in the fields, it's a nice way, biblically christian saying they were homeless. Amen? That they were living out in the fields. These shepherds were homeless. They had no place to call home. They were considered religious rejects in those days because they could not go to the temple to offer, to offer their sacrifices and be a part of the religious festivities. They were not allowed to do that. They couldn't participate in that. They couldn't go because they were watching the sheep. Amen? They couldn't go. So God came to them. Come on, somebody. They couldn't go. So God came to them right in the middle of what they were doing, right where they were at, just as they were. Can I tell you how God came to me? Right in the middle of what I was doing. Just like I was. Uh -huh. They didn't have to clean themselves up. They didn't have to get cleaned up before that night. God just showed up right where they were at because that's the kind of God we serve. Amen. You don't have to get yourself cleaned up. He's a God who comes to you right where you are and he says, I got something for you that you don't even see is coming. I got something for you that you have no idea and I got so much for you. I don't care what other people say about you. God says, I don't even care what you say about you. He said, I got something for you that you can't even fathom. You don't even know what's coming your way. I've called you. He said, I got a purpose on your life. That's what God's saying to you today. Don't ever forget it. That's what God is saying to you today. In fact, do you know that in the Bible and the account of this story right here, that these shepherds were the only guys that got a birth announcement? Did you know that? These shepherds were the only ones that got a birth announcement. The rabbis didn't get it. The high priests didn't get a birth announcement. 
The leaders and the people who knew the, the, the Bible, the Old Testament, they didn't get one. The teachers, none of them, just a group of stinky old shepherds got invited. Amen? Come on, y'all. A bunch of guys that didn't count. Let me tell you, don't count yourself out when God counts you in. I'm telling you, they're the only ones that got a birth announcement. They're the only ones. Don't count yourself out because of something you did. Or don't count yourself out because of something you didn't do. I don't know. Don't count yourself out because of some mistake you made. You go, well, you know what? I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know what? God's not ever going to. No, 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 no. That's not how God works. Don't count yourself out. Amen? Don't count yourself out. Right here. Can I tell you, I prayed with so many people. They say, God can never use me. What I've done, what I've been through, where I've been at, I, I guess I've just missed out on God's best for my life. It's not true. It's not true. They think that they've missed out on the opportunity to find God's best for their life, that somehow their decisions in life have derailed their destiny, that God has destined for them. But I'm here to tell you right now that that is a lie from the pit of hell. Amen? Your current situation does not need to determine your future destination. Amen? Does it? That is a lie from hell. You just got to get up and get to Jesus. You just got to get up and get to Jesus. Do what he tells you to do. See, when the angel shows up, he shows up to these shepherds and he tells them, listen to this, listen, listen. He says, you've got to get from where you are and you've got to get to Jesus. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop focusing on what you're focusing on and just get to Jesus. That's what he tells them. Just get to Jesus right now. And I want to tell you, that's a word for somebody today. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop focusing on what you're focusing on and just get to Jesus. Amen. I don't know what's going on in y'all's life, but whatever it is you're doing, stop doing it. And just get to Jesus. Just get to Jesus. Thank you. You ever feel like you're, you're just stuck? Anybody? I'm just talking to myself. You ever feel like your life is just on repeat? Come on, y'all. Like you just can't get out. These shepherds can relate to that, guys. Listen, because day and night they did the same thing over and over. Every single day, every single day, they just did the same thing. Day after day after day. Come on, y'all. They just did the same thing over and over, guys. They're just sitting there watching sheep chew grass. That's boring. That stinks, right? Day after day, they're just watching the same thing. They were stuck. They couldn't get out of that pattern. They had no connections. They had no opportunities. And I want to tell you, as I was preparing this little bit of this message for you guys, just this little part with the shepherds, I felt like the Lord, he said, Jamie, just tell somebody who feels like their life is stuck, that I see where they are. Thank you, one person got that. The Lord said, Jamie, just tell somebody this morning who feels like they're stuck that I see where they are. Amen. And if they'll just get up from where they are, and if they'll just get up from what they're doing, and they will just come to me. Amen. So get up from what you're doing. Get up from where you are and just get to Jesus. And he said, I'll get them where they need to go. Mm. 
But you got to move from where you are. You got to get up from where you're stuck at. Amen? You got to keep moving. You got to, because these shepherds, listen, they were not going to find Jesus out in the field. They had to get up from where they were and they had to take a move and they had to go, they had to start moving forward. They had to get to Bethlehem. Amen? They wasn't going to find Jesus out in the field. And you're not going to find the fulfillment of Christ in what you're caught up in right now. You are not going to find the fulfillment of Christ in what you're caught up in right now. It's not going to happen. But I'm going to tell you, if you get out of what you're caught up in and you just get to Jesus, just start making your way to Jesus, guys. I'm telling you. Amen? If you get to Jesus, I promise you, you're going to find the fulfillment. You're going to find the joy. You're going to find the hope. You're going to find the peace. You're going to find the purpose that he wants to give you for your life. I promise you. I promise you. And the shepherd's journey, it all started from where they were to where Jesus was. I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. Y'all don't leave on me too early here. <laughs> Listen. It all started with where they were. And do you know that one step in the right direction can change everything? Those shepherds had to get up and take a step in the right direction. And they had to start walking toward Jesus. And I want to tell you right now that one step in the right direction can change everything. One step towards Jesus can change everything. And they had a choice to make that night. They had to choose to make. And, and listen, they, they heard this word. Are we going to stay where we are? Or are we just going to get up and go find Jesus? Is that what we're going to do? Were they going to stay with what they were comfortable in? Are you going to keep doing what it is you do and what you know? Or are you going to step out in faith and step out in obedience and do what God has told you to do? Amen? And that one step changed everything. They didn't doubt it. You don't ever read in the scripture about them debating it. They didn't say, well, maybe this ain't that important. Maybe we shouldn't do this. They don't debate it. They don't doubt it. They don't. They just get up and go and they encounter Emmanuel, God with us. So I wonder what step you need to take today. What word has God already spoken over your life? He's already given you some instructions. No, he has. So what word has he been impressing on your heart this morning? past weeks, I don't know, that you need to do just like these shepherds, that you just need to get up from where you are and you need to take that first step and start moving in that direction toward Jesus Christ. Amen?